Welcome to the KPC Podcast. This week's message is from a special guest speaker. It's my pleasure to uh, call up here our speaker this morning, uh, Brett Johnson. Uh, he's known to many of you here. Uh, he's been a long-time member with his family here at KPC. Uh, for those of you that don't know him, uh, Brett was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and he must be a man of great faith because he still roots for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> but uh, he's uh, married to Teresa Johnson. They will be ce- celebrating their 29th anniversary this coming 1st of September. They have five children, Isaac, Joel, Aaron, Joshua, and Sarah. The family's attended here at KPC since moving here to Virginia Beach in 2004, apart from the times that they have been deployed elsewhere. Uh, he's a graduate from, in 1987 from Hooton College with a BS in Bible and a minor in Christian education, a 2004 graduate of Elam Bible Institute, with a certificate in Bible and minor in missions. In 2007, he graduated uh, from Regent University School of Divinity with a master's in practical theology. Everybody needs practical theology, right? <laughs> That's a great degree, a man of uh, letters uh, by all means here. And he's now serving as a commissioned officer in the United States Army. Uh, and he says he... By God's grace, he got in two weeks before he turned 40 years of age, which is the cutoff date. So anyway, uh, they're lucky to have him. And he has 15 years of military service and one tour in Afghanistan and overseas deployment tour in Kuwait. Uh, So we're glad to have you here. Uh, He's now part of uh, the Joint Forces Headquarters full-time support chaplain for the Virginia National Guard. Brett, uh, we bless you. Let me pray for you here. Lord, we thank you so much for Brett here. Lord, he's such a joy. Lord, you just can't be around him without smiling because he exudes the joy of the Lord. And we're so thankful that he's here today. Lord, may your spirit and blessing be upon him as he brings us your word. Amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you very much. We'll get this wheeled over here somehow. So how's everybody doing? Thank you, Pastor. (laughs) Yeah, I might see a bald man sweat up here. I said that last time I preached, so... I burn hot. I burn hot when I work and when I speak. And um, I tell you what, I wish I always burned hot for the Lord. Anybody feel like that too? Um, and it's not just a feeling. It's not just a feeling to say, I wish I burned hot for the Lord all the time. It's a fact. Um, I don't know about you, but it's impossible to have passion for God apart from the knowledge of God's love for us. It's impossible to have compassion for people when we're not compassionate with ourselves or our own families. Amen? So you're not looking at a perfect person. You're not looking at a perfect husband. You're not looking at a perfect father. You're not looking at a perfect um, example of what a Christian should be. But we keep on looking 
at the perfect example. His name is Jesus. He's the sure foundation. He's the key word of the Christian faith. There's no Christianity without Christ. And that's who we're going to talk about today. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your presence and power among us. We thank you for your light, love, and life that burns within you, and that is become, as believers, our light in this darkness of this world that's fading away. Lord, we thank you so much that instead of death, you've granted us eternal life, and you've done that out of your tender mercies of your love. And you cannot deny yourself, for you are, in fact, the epitome of love. In Christ's name, help us, Lord. Amen. So I want you to kind of humor me a little bit this morning. And if anybody's familiar with Alcoholics Anonymous, I remember going to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, a friend of mine that was a, a veteran, an Army veteran, invited me to go to his Alcoholics Anonymous meeting because that was important to him. I went there, and the first thing they said was, a person stood up and said, my name is, and I'm an alcoholic. And they said, hello, to that person. And I'd like to say this this morning, and if you'd just help me out, um, I'm going to say a few statements, and then I'd like you to say, hello, Brett, if that's okay. Hello, my name is Brett. <laughs> I'm a spiritual failure, but I'm loved by a merciful Savior. <laughs> Amen. So if I would um, have you stand up here and say that, I would say that back to you. I don't know if there's any other spiritual failures in this room that are loved by a merciful Savior, but I think that's a great testimony. I think that's biblical. So I think we should be comfortable with the fact that we do fail and that Jesus never fails. In fact, that was the motto of Sandy Cole Bible Conference where Teresa and I met way back in the uh, late 80s. Jesus never fails. And I'm so grateful for that. So the key word today is Jesus. Who knows what Jesus means? What, what does Jesus mean? Anybody? Okay. The Lord saves. The Lord is salvation. Does anybody need to be saved? Amen. I'll tell you what. Um, I've, I've found it to be true as a Christian. I was raised in the church. All right. Sang the hymns. And just... Yeah, I was a church guy. Had a tremendous youth pastor that just fired me up for Jesus. You know, taught me about fasting and prayer and missions. And we just were just lit up for Jesus. But you know, some things happened since the time I gave my life to Jesus as a 10-year-old boy at a Christian camp called Circle C Ranch in Delvin, New York. And uh, I'd get saved every summer because I knew that I had sinned every year after attending Circle C Ranch in Delavan, New York. Now, that's not theologically correct, but in my young mind, I thought, well, I've got to be forgiven and saved again because I still sin. I had a knowledge of sin, but I didn't have the complete knowledge um, that Jesus had covered that once and for all. I wonder if someone else struggles with that reality in your life today. It doesn't have to be a 10-year-old boy. Sometimes we forget that Jesus is a merciful Savior. Sometimes we crush ourselves with our own judgment or we allow someone else to judge us and we can come into the shelter of his compassion and, and get reignited in his passion so we can show compassion, receive compassion, and show compassion to other people. The key word is Jesus today. 
The Lord is salvation. The Lord saves. What do you need to be saved or delivered from? He's in that business. He is that God. We're going to read out of a scripture, a scripture portion today out of 1 Peter. It's 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, although the key scripture I have is verse 6, I'm going to start out at verse 1. So read yourself. He's speaking to believers now. This is Peter, the disciple who becomes an apostle. And we all know about Peter probably, right? He had his ups, downs, and all arounds. But God was faithful to Peter. So rid yourself of all wickedness, all deceit. Talking to believers now. Hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. And like newborn infants, desire the unadulterated spiritual milk, so that you may grow by it in your salvation. Since you have tasted that the Lord is good, coming to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but chosen and valuable to God, you yourselves as living stones are being built into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And here it is, verse 6. For it stands in Scripture. Look, I lay in Zion a chosen and valuable cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. In another translation, it says, will never be disappointed. Now, the enemy would like to remind us of our track record instead of that awesome cornerstone's track record. Harrison, if you could switch it to the next slide. He would like it to just end that, hey, we're not worthy, and so we might as well just forget this thing called Christianity. You know, we've just blown it too many times. But thank our Lord through Jesus Christ that it's not up to us, it's up to him, and it's been settled once and for all. Again, 1 Peter 2, verse 6, as you're looking at that picture, it stands in Scripture. Look, I lay a stone in Zion... Jerusalem, a chosen and valuable cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Does anybody see a difference of size of stones in that picture? We're looking at a chief cornerstone instead of just the regular stones, and yet God in his grace says, but I'm going to add to that cornerstone who is Jesus, you as living stones. But everything is oriented to one person and one message. And that is the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. I'm not a builder, but I've understood this from these ancient pictures, that it starts with a cornerstone and everything is oriented on each corner, side. And it's true. That's the, that's the line that they're shooting for so that they can have a building that is built correctly that will stand the test of time. Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. Jesus means salvation. And there is no other name by which we must be saved. And yet by his grace, he takes us who are imperfect and he builds us into a spiritual house so that we can continue to be ignited in his passion for him and overflow into compassion for others. Otherwise, I don't know about you, so many times I come to church and I'm up there in the balcony we're up there in the balcony all the time. My family's up there right now, except for Teresa and our oldest son. And man, I come just needing a word. And I know that you've come needing a word today. And I believe the word today is, is that Jesus is the only hope of salvation. There is no other name by which we must be saved. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, some of you might be thinking, uh, chaplain, wow, really? That's the best you can give me this morning? I have known that for a long time. And you're like me. Years ago at a church in Pennsylvania, uh, Teresa and I attended, got married at uh, for 13 years. The pastor would always talk about Jesus. He'd just talk about Jesus all the time, and Jesus and his love. And I'm just like, man, I learned that in grade school. What are you doing to me? Give me some meat. But you know what? I found that that's the best spiritual meat anybody can bring is to talk about Jesus and his love because that is what makes him distinct as the cornerstone. Many churches over the decades and, and over hundreds and hundreds of years have made it a point to put and give glory to Jesus Christ saying, you're our cornerstone, you're our foundation, your love and salvation expressed through your, through your life and your example is the foundation of this church. And KPC, that's your foundation. That's your foundation. Teresa and I and the family have experienced so much love over the, the uh, time we've been here since 2004. And I just praise the Lord for it. Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the key word. There is no Christianity without Christ. It's interesting that this scripture that speaks of the solid, unfailing ability, authority, and life of Jesus Christ is written to sustain believers, is written by who? Is written by that rascal Peter. Now, I think there's some other rascals in this room beside me, right? That's why I start out by saying, my name is Brett, I'm a spiritual failure, and I'm loved by a merciful Savior. That's a great testimony. But I'll tell you what, um, the enemy would like us to shrink back because we are a spiritual failure. And Peter understood and drank to the dregs, did he not? What spiritual failure looked like and felt like. I'll never deny you, Jesus. Jesus had some uh, instruction for him. Hey, Peter, I'm going to tell you something. I know you think that. I know that, you know, you think you're so strong, but I'm going to show you who you really are apart from me and the knowledge of my love. You know, it's interesting, Jesus, uh, before Peter denied Jesus, Peter confessed Jesus. And so I know that there are believers in this room, like me, that at times we've confessed Jesus and the power of his word and his truth, and then there's been times that we've denied Jesus by our actions, what we've done, what we have left undone. Peter confessed Jesus. Jesus asked him one time before he denied him, Hey, Peter, who do people say that I am? And some things were thrown out there, right? Well, some people say this and some people say that. And he says, but who do you say I am? The cornerstone, asking someone that he loves. Who do you say I am, Peter? He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say to Peter? Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Isn't that something to think about, about KPC? KPC is founded in Jesus Christ upon the cornerstone of our faith. We confess Jesus is the only way of salvation, and therefore 
we will never be disappointed. We will never be put to shame in that hope. Amen? But that doesn't mean we don't go through some things. You know, I'm a chaplain, not a pastor. That's the call of God in my life right now. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm called to walk with people through stuff. So uh, walk through life situations. Uh, core competencies of the Army chaplaincy are um, nurture the living, care for the wounded, and honor the dead or honor the fallen. And so a lot of times, uh, and this is unbelievable for my wife Teresa to hear, but I'm not the shell answer man, okay? I'm not Mr. Fix-It. For some reason, I get that mixed up when I go home, you know, but anyway. I know no one else is there, right? So I walk with people through things, and so one of the things I tell the soldiers are, and I want to say this today, you know, we want to be people that have a passion for God, and we come here and we just give it all we got on Sundays. And uh, we want to be a people that have compassion, okay, for people. But I don't know about you, uh, that was a nice introduction. I, I, were you impressed with all the, the things that uh, Pastor Neil read? You know what I'm saying? I'm not. That's why I wanted to come right back and say, uh, my name is Brett. I'm a spiritual failure, but I am loved by a merciful sa Savior. That's, that's my cornerstone. That's the foundation I stand on when it looks ugly, it sounds nasty, kind of like my life. There was another part of the uh, uh, bio that was the last thing, and probably Pastor Neil, out of his kindness, didn't read it. But I consider myself to be a trophy of grace uh, because Christ has looked my sin and my failure straight in the face and has forgiven me. I'm a trophy of grace, and so are you. So I say to the soldiers, hey, rank, wow. We say rank heavy when you've got a colonel, a general, something like that, Right? general officer or a senior enlisted, sergeant major, all right? Some of you, a lot of you guys are Navy, apologize for the Army speak here, but anyway. But you know what I say? Sometimes we call this a Superman or Superwoman outfit, okay? Because you just put it on, you're like, you're expected to fight and win our nation's wars. I'm expected to provide direct religious support here at home or abroad in a combat theater or otherwise. I'm expected to stand up and give hope to those that don't have hope. I'm expected to sustain soldiers who are not sustaining. And it's a tall order. So when we get up and I shave my bald head and shave my face and put on the Superman uniform, there's something that can happen that can start making me feel like I'm good enough, I'm strong enough to handle what's coming. All right? So a big part of my testimony is Instead of getting up and saying, good morning, Lord, I need you, I don't have this. I don't have the ability to face today what is coming my way because, God, you know what's coming, only you. I don't, and you've gone before me, and you're able to give me what I need. And so I cry out to you in my weakness, Jesus, help me, because I just don't have, I don't have the passion for you this morning, God. I just don't. I mean, I'm just going to be honest and say I don't have the passion for you this morning. Would you help me, God? I don't have compassion for people. I'm tired from listening to their problems. I can't sustain these people. What do you expect me to do, God? Instead of being honest with him like David was in the Psalms, a lot of times I've gotten up, even as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I've gone like this, without saying it, without knowing it. Good morning, God. I got this. I don't have anything 
but he's got everything. We won't get into the 70s song, he's got the whole world in his hands. But anyway, that's dating me a little bit. He's got the ability to give me the ability to go through anything that this life throws at me. And he has the same ability to give you what you need in your age and stage that you're going through right now. We can talk of the faithfulness of God that we've experienced, can't we? And yet at the same time, isn't it amazing when we say how good God has been that in a trial we could be tempted to say, he's left me, he's abandoned me, where is God? I don't feel him, I don't smell him, I don't taste him anymore. I mean, what happened, God? I thought you loved me, and if you love me, why am I going through this? God, I don't think I'm going to make it. Cornerstone. Key word, Jesus, is our salvation. See, we have to undress ourselves spiritually, just like I have to stop fooling myself that this is my Superman outfit, right? And I don't really think that, but I'm saying for a reason, that beyond title, rank, and position, beyond track record, we are just human beings that have a blood pressure and a heartbeat. That's all we are, and that's all we'll be. We were born naked, and naked we shall return. And everything else in between, it's a wild ride. But I'll tell you what, there's times that we're going to be shaken to the core. And we would say to ourselves, I thought I was a believer. And the enemy would whisper into our mind and heart, what kind of believer are you? Just quit. Just quit. Cornerstone. The key word is Jesus in Christianity. The Lord saves. The Lord is salvation. Do you know the great news about God is his name is I am? I was, I am, I ever will be. The God who was, who is, and will be. The God who is, who was, and will be. Said that way twice in the scriptures. He is full of faith, and he can't deny himself. Aren't you glad for that? That when you're not, he is what you need. When you don't think you can, he will, through you, give you what you need to stand, all right? Sometimes the army used to say, crawl, walk, run, okay? That's how we train people. We train them to crawl. Then we taught, train them to walk. We bring it up to speed, and then we train them to run. I'm not ashamed to say I have just had the air taken out of me spiritually as a Christian at times and seasons in my life. I mean, I've just felt like, God, I have known you in your power and in your word. But I'll tell you what, I, I just, I'm failing. I, or how about this one, a besetting sin, where the enemy of our soul comes and stands before us night and day and accuses the brethren and the sistren, all right? What do we do in those moments? We turn back to the cornerstone. Just like the author of this scripture, Peter. You know, when I think about two disciples that are contrasted in their despair when they were failures, just like me, Judas and Peter. Judas went out and hung himself. Peter went out and wept bitterly, and it says it was night. It was a nighttime of his soul. I've been there before. When I thought I was going to be better than that, and I was worse than that. When I thought I had the victory over something, only to be returned to bondage. 
There's a reason I wrote to Pastor Neil, I'm a trophy of grace. And there's a reason that each one of you are a trophy of grace. Because we really are not what we should be all the time. Isn't that an awesome thing? We don't have to be. Jesus is what we need all the time. Not what we need, but who we need all the time. Jesus is just everything that we need anytime. He is the chief cornerstone. And I just love that. You know what's really cool about Christianity? It doesn't have to be emotional. And I'm not, I'm not averse to emotion. In fact, Teresa and I have gone to churches uh, before coming to KPC where it was like, I mean, we were whooping it up. It was awesome. I just loved it. I mean, one time I, you know, you know, in the 90s, you know, drunk in the spirit and all that kind of, that's when we named our oldest Isaac. It meant laughter. I was laughing in the spirit and all that kind of a thing. I'll tell you what, that's really awesome. I'm not afraid of emotion. God gave me emotion. But what I really love about God is that his presence is here right now and his word is being sown into a plowed heart this morning. God told me that he was plowing hearts this week. And I'll tell you what, he's been plowing mine. Behold, I lay in a stone in Zion, a chosen and valuable cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Peter understood and came to understand this cornerstone and the necessity for Jesus' salvation. Jesus is the key word. Jesus saves. Jesus was good enough for Peter, and Peter wanted to bring this forth. Where did Peter get this concept of this cornerstone? Right from the Old Testament, because just like a cornerstone is supposed to do, it's supposed to show the true lines so that everything lines up. Way back in the Old Testament, the Messiah, the Savior, was prophesied. Okay, in Psalm 118, the scriptures come through with the cornerstone, the stones being built into a house, Psalm 28. And then, although this was written exclusively to the Jewish believers in Peter, in Ephesians, Paul's writing pretty much the same thing in chapter 2 about this household, these living stones being built together. You're one of, can we flip back to that previous picture, Harrison? Um, you're one of those stones, and this church is one of those stones. If you would look at the body of churches worldwide, you are a living stone that's being put and has the privilege of being oriented and aligned to the chief cornerstone. That's what salvation is, is when we're properly aligned to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the cornerstone, and we can go back to the next one, thank you. The cornerstone Jesus Christ gives us proper alignment about who he says we are and our condition and our need of salvation and who he says he is and the fact that he is the world's only savior and only hope. Because uh, why do we need to be saved? There was this guy named Adam and this lady named Eve, right? And uh, they lived uh, in a great atmosphere of perfection until they fell. And it says in the New Testament that Jesus Christ is the second Adam. For by the first Adam, all came to experience spiritual death. Through the second Adam, Jesus Christ, our Savior, the key word today, has brought eternal life and eternal hope. And the guarantee of that is the fact that he is God and that he is love and that he doesn't treat us as we deserve, but he treats us according to his promise to us. Amen? So as we're going through things in life, we want to say, 
Lord Jesus, help us to get a grip on the fact of this message that Jesus is our only Savior, our only hope, and he's the foundation for our lives and the foundation for the church. I want to ask you something today. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that? You say, that's a funny question, Brett. Well, I want to put it another way then. Do you think God likes you? See, for religious people like me, I'm going to go right there right away. Oh, yeah, man, God loves me. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16. And then the Holy Spirit says to me, the foundation, the place that I have to come to find my feet and my firm footing. But do you believe I like you? That's another way to say, do you believe that God loves me? So I hope that works for someone else today. He not only, oh, yeah, he has to love me. But does he have to like you? Does he have to like you? God likes you. Well, he couldn't like that about me. Yeah, he could. He's got an he's answer for you, and he's got a way for you. I've got a minute left. Wow. Maybe that's the message today. The only firm foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a hymn that I used to sing when I was a little boy. The only firm foundation is Jesus Christ. He is the Savior of the world, and he loves you more than you'll ever know. And the foundation stone is love. I can't think of another scripture that says God is, except God has revealed himself and said God is love. And it's not a love that is worldly. It's a love that is undeserving. I said at the beginning of the service, I'm a spiritual failure, just like you, apart from God. But I'm loved by a merciful Savior. If you just close your eyes, we're going to finish with this, and then I'll pray, and Pastor Neil's going to come up. I'm talking about the chief cornerstone. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The key word is Jesus. There is no Christianity without Christ. He's so kind, faithful, consistent, wise, patient, almighty, loving, approachable, understanding, joyful, able, genuine, unfailing in his love, merciful Savior, pure, perfect, holy, condescending to bend to our level. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. He's not condemning, vindictive, judgmental, critical, mean, unfair, uncaring, undependable, or a liar. We're talking about Jesus, the Savior, the key word, the chief cornerstone. He's not going to walk away from you, forsake you, mock you, shame you. He's always there, and he always cares. He's your confidence when you're insecure. He's your strength when you're weak. He's your faith when you seem faithless. He's your hope when you feel hopeless. He's your comfort in your despair. He's your breath when you're choking for air. His name is Jesus. He's the cornerstone and the key word of our faith. He's got you, and he's got the whole world under his throne. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. He's never lost a battle, and he wins all wars. He's my lord and king, master of everything, and he just doesn't love you because he has to. He actually likes you. 
He's forever your creator, sustainer, your victory, your peace, your answer, your sacrifice that's enough, your savior and friend, your answer to your deepest need. He's not ashamed to call you son. He's not ashamed to call you daughter. He calls you greatly beloved. He calls you friend. His name is Jesus, Savior, the chief cornerstone of our faith, immovable, undefeatable, and full of love and compassion. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we thank you. Yes, Lord, we give you, we give you thanks for meeting with us again today. Thank you so much, Savior, for loving us as we are, not as we should be. Thank you that in the end, Christianity is a very simple formula, a very simple truth. As Charles Spurgeon said, the Prince of Preachers, my theology can be summed up in four words. Jesus, the Savior. The four words, Jesus died for me. Thank you, Lord, for being that which I could never be, which we could never be, and yet chief cornerstone you have placed us as stones, as living stones, aligned to your truth today. By your grace, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the KPC Podcast. For more messages and information, visit kpc.org.